unidentifiable flying object. UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It could only be anything. A UFO. Welcome to another episode of UFO Know, the show where we separate science fact from science fiction the best that we can. It's me. I'm by myself. By Mike. I feel I, he's, he's, he's no feel good. He no feel good. I assume. I didn't hear from him today, uh, but that's what I assume. So, Mike, feel better. But you know what that means, folks? That means story time on UFO No. I got a wonderful tale for you today. We're going to talk about the Odessa Radio Tower UFO incident. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It's a good one. Anyways, it's fun. So, before we get started, though, please share us on your social media. Splash us about UFO No Facebook or UFO No podcast Facebook page. Um, we're on YouTube. This episode will not be on YouTube. Uh, I'm getting my poop in a group as far as uh, working on some studio stuff. Trying to get better, peeps. Trying to get better. Speaking of which, if you really want to help the show grow. Uh, once again, share us on social media as well as subscribe on YouTube. Like if you leave us a review, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can leave a review, please do so. That really helps the show grow. And uh, we really like five stars around here. The reason why is five is a great number uh, and it's uniform. It matches all the other five stars, which is phenomenal. And that's what we like, like matching. So remember, Share us, please. Share the show, share the episodes that you like, as well as just comment on YouTube or wherever. Wherever, leave us a comment, questions, what have you, if you want us to cover a certain topic. We would love to. Whatever. Whatever. As well as, hit me up, 208-790-8226. Let me know what you think of the show. Just say hi, whatever. I will get back to you. And... Uh, if you happen to have some experiences, something you want to talk about, some theories, whatever, pretty much if you're out there, I can get a hold of you. Whatever it is, we get you on the show, whether it's phone, Zoom, whatever, whatever the fuck, we're going to get you on. So reach out. I would love to have you on. Pick your brain about some stuff. We've had some wonderful guests in the past, uh, most recent being Alan fucking Greenfield, man. Thank you, Alan, for being on the show. What a What an amazing, fun episode in our first two-hour episode by the way pretty proud of that anyways thank you all very much for sticking along with the show and helping us grow and continuing to listen we really really appreciate it uh, mike does too i know he does even though he's not here i know he does he appreciates the fuck out of all you so anyways thank you very much i also want to give a big shout out to clarkston cbd company a uh, little place i help manage please go online shop online clarkstoncbdco.com Use promo code UFONO and you will get 10% off your entire purchase. And there are gummies and capsules and oils and all kinds of great stuff. So if you're looking for anxiety relief and inflammation relief, pain relief, 
you just want a great anti-inflammatory, like a daily multivitamin, do that. Clarkson CBD Co. Use promo code UFONO to save yourself some money. <clears throat> and then please, if you are a cannabis lover, enthusiast, uh, in your Washington state, ask for Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company in your local Washington retailer. You will not regret it. I'm telling you. Phenomenal, phenomenal product. Amazing stuff. And if they don't have it, get a hold of me. I gave you the number. I'll give it again. 208-790-8226. Or hit me up on Facebook and be like, hey, hey, my store doesn't have your shit. Be like, my God. I'll get right on that. So anyways, let me know. Let me know. But it's good stuff. Balanced product. You know, you, you get what you used to get in cannabis, which is quality. You know, none of this fluff and stuff that's in there now and a bunch of toxins and bullshit. It's all pure and clean and great and, and very, very well balanced. So, you know, if you're looking for an indica, you're going to get an indica. Nowadays, it's all over the place. So you're not really ever sure what you're really going to get. And uh, the numbers are somewhat misleading. So anyways. Go on there, Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. And uh, anyways, we love them, so we want you to love them too. Anyways, I also want to thank some people. Casey, my buddy Casey Skinner, he's been on the show before with me and Mike as well as he's just a great friend of mine and he is uh, a great employee at Clarkson CBD Company as well. So if you come in Fridays and Saturdays, soon to be more, but Fridays and Saturdays, he's there and uh, super knowledgeable guy, great guy. Anyways, thank you for always listening to the show. Hoping to have him on again. Uh, I want to thank Leonard. As always, Leonard, you are an amazing man. And I want to thank you for always listening to the show and always supporting everything we do. And, of course, Damon, he's been on the show before. Uh, Damon has his own show. I'm not sure if he's still doing it. At one time, he was taking a break. I hope he's back at it because he's a great guy. Seeker to Seeker. Uh, go and check out the show. As well as Calvin. Calvin from Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. Please go check out his show. Great show. Great guy. Had him on the show. We talked some shit about some previous guests. It was fun. And uh, anyways, he's got a great show, so go check him out. But let's get on with this story on the Odessa Radio Tower UFO incident. Uh, if you're not familiar, <clears throat> back in the 70s, there was a flurry of UFO sightings. There was a lot going on. And uh, so this is one of them, but there was a, there was a, um, there was a lot of these back in the seventies. It was a big deal. So um, there was a lot of heightened UFO activity in general. And so uh, the peak was like 1973 anyways, but this one is great. So let's get right into it. So evening, July 7th, 1973, a little after 6 PM in the evening, Stanley Wilson taking a nap at home and because he had had a pretty grueling day at work on the state highway department as he was sleeping, the phone rang and it was Stanley's wife, Judy, or I'm sorry, Stanley's wife, Judy answered the phone and it was her husband's grandmother. It was Grammy. Several months later, Several months, fuck, I apologize. Let me start over. Several moments later, Judy woke up, Stanley, asked him to go outside with her. According to Grandma, who also lived in Odessa, Texas, in the southern part of the city, said, quote, a UFO is heading your way. So, where they lived was kind of on the outskirts 
of this growing community known as Odessa back in the 70s. And they were one of the few houses in the area at the time. And knowing that grandma didn't fuck around or play prank calls, they immediately got up and went outside. So they're looking around and they don't see much. At first, it's just blue skies, um, early evening. But then they look at a radio tower that is yonder. And there's a bright, shining silver disc hovering over it. Now, he, the, uh, Stanley claims, estimates it was around a mile from his home. Now, I say that based on, now, sometimes distance and all that, but if you're familiar with your territory home, Obviously, I think that's a big deal, but distance, you know, I, in this case, he's using the tower as opposed to the craft. So, you know, in the, in the past, we've picked on people that say, oh, it was this far away or it was whatever. In this case, he's using a radio tower that the craft was supposedly hovering over. So therefore he's got a better idea of how far it actually is because he was familiar with the terrain. Okay. So Stanley and his wife looked at each other back at the craft in amazement. And they recalled how, quote, they both knew it was probably an alien ship. So as we're watching this ship hover or hover over the uh, the radio tower, Stanley's sister, Georgia, and her husband, Jim, their car came, quote, flying around the corner. And they jump out yelling, did you see it? So they're both rushing towards Stanley and Judy who are standing there. Now, there's four people involved now, okay? So there is now Stanley and Judy, husband and wife, and then Judy's sister, or I'm sorry, Stanley's sister, Georgia, and her husband, Jim. So Stanley, Judy, Georgia, and Jim are all standing there now looking up at this craft about a mile away hovering over the radio tower. So as they stand there, Stanley suddenly gets the idea to turn on the radio station. So when they do this, the DJ was talking about a UFO above the station that was causing static. At one point, Stanley even called the station, telling the DJ what that they were watching the UFO he was talking about. So around uh, after about a half hour, Stan and Jim, Stanley and Jim, decide they're going to go ahead and go towards the radio tower in their car. Uh, but then when they get about a half mile away on the road to the radio tower, they start getting a little bit trepidatious. So they stop the car, they're looking at this craft, and they're wondering, should we go any further or not? Eventually, they decide not to go any further, not to go underneath the UFO. Instead, they just sit there and watch this craft for several minutes, um, and then it begins to ascend. Then it started to move away to the west and eventually just disappeared. So by the time they got back home, they were both, of course, dying to listen to the coverage of what just happened on the radio again. So they tuned back into the radio, but they're not talking about it anymore. In fact, they're not mentioning it at all. So Stanley calls the station again. When he gets through to the station, he claims to have spoken to the DJ off air, and the DJ claims that a government request was made that they 
instantly stop reporting on the UFO or they would, quote, lose their broadcasting license. Now, apparently the DJ also informed Stanley that the incident really did happen and he knew what was going on and that one of the station employees, in fact, even was in the hospital because he, quote, got so excited and so disturbed seeing this craft above the tower um, that uh, apparently he, it doesn't say whether he had a heart attack. It doesn't say he just got really excited and really disturbed and went to the hospital. It's kind of like that guy in Jurassic Park, right? They're sitting in the car and the the, the T-Rex is fucking with the car a little bit guy sitting there panicking and all of a sudden he just bolts out of the car and goes to the outhouse that's over there so i'm sure this guy was same way fuck i gotta get out of here anyways but in this case he went to the hospital so the border potty so even what's more interesting was that the information that was passed to Stanley by the DJ of hieroglyphics on the bottom of the craft. Apparently, a third conversation between the DJ and Stanley apparently revealed that a news crew in town, COSA, K-O-S-A, TV Channel 7, captured footage of what appeared to be the same UFO in the downtown area of the city previously. Because now they were in the south, uh, southern, or no, no. Grandma lived in the south. <clears throat> anyway, so downtown, the UFO was previously, and apparently this this news crew got a hold of it, uh, got some footage of it. However, like the radio station, the government apparently came down and quickly grabbed this footage from the station threatening to shut them down. So after this last bit of info, the DJ claims he couldn't speak about the incident even privately because he said he might get in trouble. So the question is, was there a silver disc in Odessa over the radio station? Possibly. Okay. Uh, So let's go over the credibility of this. All right. Now, first of all, once again, like I said before, this is during a time when there was quite a bit of UFO activity in Texas. Um, So that's an important factor that were previous sightings going on. Um, The fact that the reporting of the sighting was, in fact, decades later. Um, There was no monetary gain. There was no bench named after them. There was no town holiday that came about from this. So there was no seemingly motive to come forward on this. So to me, that that leans towards credibility, uh, the fact that nobody gained anything out of this. Um, I want to take just a moment to talk about CBD. CBD works as a very powerful anti-inflammatory. And I'm sure a lot of you have met someone who's used it or know a family member who's using CBD to relieve pain, anxiety. And the truth is, it does all of those things. Helps relieve pain, reduce and prevent inflammation. 
as well as relieving anxiety and stress on top of improving quality of life. So if you're looking to try CBD for the first time or get into something new and you want some answers, Clarkston CBD Company is where you want to go. Little plates I help manage uh, as well as educate people as to the benefits and products that can work for them. Check us out online, ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Shop online, reach out on Facebook, Clarkston CBD Company, and back to the show. But I think, I don't understand why people wait on this. I mean, how does it give any more credibility to your case? How is it ever, I mean, to me, I would think the longer it goes on, the least, the less I would feel, or the more I would feel people would think I was lying you know, the longer I waited. So I I feel like me personally, I would be more reluctant to come forward the further on down later in time it is as opposed to sooner in time. So I don't know, that's just me, but I would be so worried that people would, but I don't know. I mean, obviously I've never been through that. I've never had a thing where I just got to tell. I don't, I don't know, but it's always made me wonder why do people wait so long? Why do they wait so long? Decades? to tell this story decades and if it's at a time when there's already a ufo wave going on that there's there's sightings going on around you like why not why not talk about it then i don't know anyways i don't know i don't understand the point of the not saying anything to me that doesn't add to credibility but the part that there is no monetary gain there seems to be no motive maybe they just were unsure I don't know. But to me, I, I feel like uh, I personally would not feel like people. I would feel less likely that people would believe me the longer I waited. But there was a discreet report to an online UFO group made decades later. Um, in order that was a, quote, a record of it before the witness died leans more toward an authentic encounter than not. So once again, I think the longer you wait, the less credibility it leans towards the incident, but no monetary gain, no gain whatsoever. Anyways, let's continue on. Let's look at this. But there was also several supportive witness statements that backed it up. The DJ for the radio station, um, I mean, numerous of the witnesses, of course, were immediate family members, the sister, the brother-in-law, the grandma, husband and wife. But there's still several people involved. Um, now, while it's not like concrete proof, it's just the fact that there was no personal gain, the fact that there was several witnesses. But once again, I think it leans towards uh, by waiting so long, I don't think that's a good idea. So for those of you out there, if you've witnessed a UFO, you have a sighting, you have an incident, to me, it does not lend to your credibility to wait a long time to come forward on this. I just don't think it does. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think despite how afraid you are of people taking you seriously, I don't think that's going to get any better the longer you wait. Um. You know, and the fact that the account itself doesn't appear to be super exaggerated. The fact that they basically seem to tell the truth about being reluctant to drive underneath the, the craft. I think that's pretty realistic. I I probably would be terrified to drive under something like that. Um, they also didn't give a super detailed view 
of it. Um, but the fact that there was apparently footage of hieroglyphics on the craft and the conversation between Stanley and the DJ, but wasn't witnessed by Stanley himself, even though it's a small detail, it could potentially lean towards a more genuine account, considering that Stanley never claimed to have seen the hieroglyphics himself. But this radio st- or this uh, TV station claims to have footage of it. So, anyways, we'll we'll get back into the account. So, nothing else was heard of the UFO incident. Um, for about a month or so. Um, even though there was other stuff happening. Now, according to Stanley, the Smithsonian Institute all of a sudden showed up in the area. And according to them, their purpose was, quote, taking pictures of UFOs at night with infrared cameras. So when Stanley heard this, him, his wife, Judy, his brother-in-law, Jim, and then his sister, Georgia, um, went around driving around the county area on the back roads pretty much every evening trying to locate this group from the Smithsonian. Well, one night they did just that. Um, However, what happened next, they weren't expecting. Uh, So when they found these people, the road that they were working on was blocked off on each side with a car. And at each car stood a guy dressed in a dark suit. And of course, they weren't letting anybody go through. So Stanley recalls that he could see people out in the pasture with cameras on tripods, and he could see little red lights out there. So... Stanley and his family were familiar enough with some of the stories um, that were going on, the local stories of UFO stuff, to not try and enter the area with these guys there. Instead, they just drove on. Now, they all were convinced that UFOs are real. Uh, They had seen them over the weeks since their first sighting, and they continued to see sightings for several weeks after. In fact, one incident, uh, several weeks after the sighting um, over the radio tower, Stanley and Judy uh, said that they were walking outside and noticed a low cloud that looked like a cigar. Now, he estimated the cloud was around 50 feet long. Once again, I don't, I don't, you know, me and Mike have talked about how that is incredibly difficult to do unless it's really close to you or you're incredibly familiar with what craft looks like in the air up close and blah, 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 blah. But without knowing, I just, it's unreliable to say that. But anyways, he claims it was 50 feet long and moving through the air at about 100 to 150 feet up. Um, the further it moved down the road, he said the more the clouds fell away from the object. It wasn't long before he could tell that the cloud was some kind of cover. And now he could see part of the outlines of the craft. He called out to his wife 
and they started to pursue the UFO and to see where it went. He put the vehicle, they got, they got going down the road and Judy kept an eye on the craft and they followed it for several miles and they came to a pasture and Stanley was convinced that it was the same pasture that the Smithsonian Institute were working in the several weeks prior. So now the craft begins to land in the middle of the field. So Stanley stops the car almost directly opposite of the area where the UFO is landing. He's amazed to see that traffic above them on this overpass seemed to not notice the craft and what was happening in the field at all. And then he turns to Judy and says, this time I'm going to try and make contact. Then he flashes his headlights in the direction of the craft. Next thing they knew, they were still in their car, but an hour had passed and they didn't realize it at all. Even stranger is that they felt really tired, incredibly tired. They quote, unnaturally tired. They look at their watches and they cannot believe that it's been an hour of time gone and they cannot account for where they were or how this happened. So they're confused, can't figure out what's going on. They know something's not right, but they go ahead and they drive home anyways. They get inside their house and immediately go to sleep. And they were almost asleep instantly. When they wake up and they talk about this the next morning, they both agreed that they remembered chasing the craft. And then the next thing they knew, the hour had gone. They both remembered that. And then the UFO was gone when they woke up. But neither one of them remember what happened in that hour span time. So completely lost time. It's interesting because not only is the sighting itself very interesting, the fact of the craft, of course, um, I love the details of the fact that it wasn't, I, I love the, the little twist that even though Stanley knew about the hieroglyphics, he knew about them because the, the, the TV station said that they had them. He never claimed to have seen them. And I, I really, really like that. There are numerous cases of people claiming to have seen incredible details later, much later. Once again, I don't like this whole delayed account thing. I don't, I don't get that, but there's some pretty outlandish accounts of even military people claiming to have suppressed information, incredibly detailed, incredibly detailed that I just, I don't know. It's very, to me, that's very, very odd. So I like the fact that this, this guy doesn't have a ton of details. He just cut straight forward the way it was. But, um, what is very interesting is the government behind the, the, the scenes here, even though it's only mentioned a couple times of the government kind of swooping in here and there. It's interesting how they were there each time to so apparently confiscate evidence and kind of divert people off the path. Um, so 
you know, the hieroglyphics thing, that's actually on numerous encounters, UFO encounters, but I think it is, once again, it's a hard one to quantify, you know, because there's no, nobody ha- nobody has, you know, except for the r- few times where somebody claims to write down something or whatever, but that could be made up. There's no direct, like they, they, they traced it or they copied in some way, got a picture of the hieroglyphics and in no way there's none of that, but there's been a lot of witness accounts to this type of craft with hieroglyphics. Um, In fact, there's a very famous account in um, what's known as the Kecksburg crash in Pennsylvania and this was about 10 years prior to this incident, so around in the 60s. Um, many of the witnesses in this account describe a bell or acorn-shaped craft and say that there were strange hieroglyphics around the bottom of it. Um, so it is interesting that this radio or this TV station mentioned hieroglyphics. Now they could have been writing on the piggyback of this thing that happened 10 years prior and then just trying to add something to it to it as intriguing detail. Who knows? Who knows? It just adds fuel to the fire. But um, there's a lot of course ancient alien or ancient astronaut theorists that believe hieroglyphics uh, are on a lot of these crafts anyways. Um, so anyways, it's very interesting stuff, but it's amazing that we live in a time that you can go and shop for cannabis like you do shoes. All kinds of different types and sizes for all types of different individuals. Well, if you're like me and you like a nice, balanced experience with no pesticides, clean, soil grown craft cannabis, then you want to ask for Hell's Canning Cannabis Company in your local Washington retailer. The reason why is because they use true live organic soil recipes, custom made per strain, per plant, like Mother Nature intended. You can't get any better. So if you want craft cannabis with a balanced experience, ranging from strains like Jesus OG or Acapulco Gold or their own Hell's Cookies, then you want Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. Ask for them in your local Washington retailer. And if they don't have it, tell them to talk to me and I'll make sure they get it. Back to the show. There's a lot of... Anyways, that's the incident. So that is the story of the Odessa Radio Tower incident. So once again, I think... There's a lot of details in here that don't get, it seems, seem to, don't get uh, over-dramatized that a lot, of, a lot of accounts tend to do. A lot of accounts tend to, once again, they add a lot of detail. Now, and I don't think, I don't know for what reason. I, I think, you know, when, when you look at pathological liars, sometimes the people that are really bad at it, I guess maybe those aren't the pathological ones because sometimes pathological ones are really good at it. But liars sometimes tend to add in over details to 
because they feel like it smooths out the wrinkles of their story. But what happens is it's, it's actually adding in lumpy bits that just make it a rough ride of the story and then make you question it in a different way. Well, why, why, how do you remember all that? And, you know, just interesting things like that. So once again, when it comes to these UFO stories and sightings, the people that end up with a town that has a holiday after the incident, that's, that's, that's incentive. That's motive to come forward with a story, whether it's true or not. There's none of that. I think we talked about another case. I can't remember what it was. Same thing. It was, uh, it was, uh, a case of a, I think it was a farmer that came across or maybe it was a priest. I don't remember. Anyways, keep it simple. I mean, that's the thing. I did have somebody comment on one of my videos saying that, you know, people pick out interesting details in traumatic events. Uh, I think I was talking about, oh yeah, it was. It was a priest that had found a downed UFO and crawled inside and then saw these four dead aliens on a hippie couch and took off running. And I said, because he remembered that there was no eyes, or no, he remembered jumpsuits and things like that, but he couldn't remember if they had eyes or not. And he couldn't remember certain details about their faces. And I said, well, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you wouldn't, how you wouldn't remember what their face looked like. To me, when I'm assessing an enemy or a threat or something like that, a lot of times, to me, the eyes are the cues. Now, the hands, of course, you want to see where the hands are going and what they're doing. But if you have four unconscious individuals and they're not moving, then wouldn't you be looking at their face as a cue to know if they're looking at you, if they're awake, if they're fluttering, if their eyes are fluttering, if they're, I mean, that would be my first thing is I'd be watching. I don't know, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But like this individual pointed out, people remember strange things. They remember strange details in traumatic events. Okay, fair enough. Maybe. But I just find it odd because to me in a threatening situation, there's certain things I'm looking for to assess the threat. And one of them is facial expression. The eyes say a lot. If somebody's angry or, you know, like you can, there's, there's certain things in the eyes you can see. If somebody is a very, very dark and evil individual, generally their eyes are very dark and kind of like soulless almost. And so that's that's something I, I think people should pay attention to. So it always surprises me that people don't remember the facial details of an individual. I'm terrible at names, but I can recognize a face that I've seen five, seven, eight years ago. I don't know why I skipped six years ago. Anyways, but uh, so I, I just find it odd the different things that people recall in these cases and part of it maybe is the fact that you're waiting decades to say anything 
I think it's the dumbest thing. And maybe it's just because I'm more open to tell people and talk about my experiences. I don't know. But I think this idea that you can wait 30, 40 years and then come forward with this story and have credibility to it after all that time. I don't know. I don't know. But I do love the idea of calling radio station. I mean, that is, there's a movie, uh, I think it was Netflix, called, um, what was it, Veil in the Night? I can't remember what it was called, but it was a story of back in the 60s, I want to say, 50s, 60s, of a radio DJ who is like, uh, reporting on a high school basketball game and he's going back to a station and they see a UFO and him and this girl are like chasing it down and trying to trying to figure it out. And anyways, I won't give away the ending, but great movie. I thought it would have made a great series. Um, Cause I mean, the way it ends, I thought, Oh my God, that's the pilot episode right there. But anyways, check it out. Something, damn it of course i can't remember anyways but it was great just you know just just watch any alien movie ufo movie on netflix whatever just give them all a try i generally like that shit there's some great documentaries too um you know like you guys check it out hangar one's always a fun show even though I, I hate the scripted conversation. And then it's just like so it's so bad. There's such bad actors on that show. Anyways. But that is the Odessa Radio Tower UFO incident. And once again, I think that's a an incident that holds some credibility due to the lack of dramatic details that are in it. I think that that makes it more of a believable incident. But I don't know. I mean... Is any of this real? Is any of it? Are UFOs real? Are are aliens real? Makes it, you know, what did they say in uh, the movie Contact? And they even, maybe they stole the quote, but uh, she asks, the daughter says, are there aliens out there? And he says, well, there's not. Sure is a, Big waste of space. I think that's true. There's another There's another meme on Facebook or somewhere that says, uh, saying there's no alien life out in the universe is like taking a spoonful of water out of the ocean and saying there's no sharks because there's none in my spoon. I think that's pretty funny. But I don't know. I, w- I really hope so. I really, really hope so. I think there are some very, very interesting things happening. There are some incredible phenomena that has happened in the past that certainly make me believe that there is something out there. But then you've got the government. Then you've got these fucking dicks that just got to murky up the water with their conspiracies and their bullshit, you know, and they're always testing shit on the, on the humans and, just terrible, terrible people and things that, that murky the waters to where it's like, you know, if you took out these evil people who are trying to manipulate humans into 
believing what they want them to believe, being whatever, getting people to fight with each other. If we didn't have that, maybe the case of UFOs would be a little bit easier to solve because we would know, well, it's certainly not the government fucking with us. They don't do that. But now, you'd be like, it could definitely be the government. They love fucking with people. They love it. I don't know. It's so hard to know. It is so hard to know. And nowadays, who knows what the fuck? Why are they giving us so much info now? Why now? What is it about now that they want to all of a sudden release UFO videos and acknowledge that they exist? And yes, we are we are experimenting on UFO technology. And yes, we did a recover a craft. And yes, we do have parts of a craft that we have been testing out and working on. Why now? What is it about right now, this time, that makes it a good time to tell people? Aren't people a little bit on edge right now? Are they a little bit stressed out? Doesn't it seem like people are stressed and uptight and nervous and uh, kind of angry at each other? Doesn't it seem like that? So does it seem like a good time to start throwing in, hey, by the way, there's aliens running around and we know about it. And I don't know. I don't know. So what's their reasoning for releasing this info now? It's all there's seems to be a pattern of when they give you information, it's because they're about to do something nasty with it. And that's what I'm worried about. But how nasty can you get when there's alien when there's you know alien ships out there and technology? Of course, me and Mike have said, well, now's the time when they're going to unveil a whole new era of technology that's going to lead us into a whole new age, technological age, and uh, they need us to know certain info to desensitize us, like they do, to get us ready for the next wave of information that they need us to know, so that way they're not going to blow our minds with uh, what they're about to do. I mean, that's what they do. They always move the pegs down slowly so that we don't notice how much you've moved down the road. So that's what they're doing, including aliens. So we'll see, right? Isn't that what the time will tell? Time will tell. That's it, folks. Without Mike, I just, you know, I just, it, I keep it short. It was story time. It was story time on UFO No. I hope you're all enjoying the show. Please, once again, text me 208-790-8226. Let me know what you think of the show as well. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can. We're everywhere. We're on Amazon Prime, uh, Amazon Music. We're on uh, Pandora. Like I said, iTunes, iHeartRadio. We are everywhere. And... YouTube. Once again, this episode, I'm working on some studio stuff, so this one's not going to be on the the tube of the use, but uh, it will be everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Go, go, go get it. Go get it. Thank you once again, uh, everybody, for listening, and use that promo code UFONO on uh, ClarksonCBDCode.com. Save yourself 10% on CBD gummies, capsules, anything, whatever you want. Uh, we've even got, oh, I forgot. We've even got T-shirts now. We got Hell's Canyon Cannabis T-shirts. So you can go on the website, get that. Um, and if you want a UFO No T-shirt, I'm sure I can make that happen. So hit me up and uh, let me know if you want a UFO No shirt. And I'll get you a picture of what it would look like. And you let me know, fuck yeah, I want one. 
and then uh, and then we'll get you one. Just small payment of ten bucks. No big deal. No big deal. Anyways, that's it. Thank you again for everybody for listening. Damon, Leonard, uh, Casey, Calvin, everybody. Thank you so so much for listening. Oh, and Grayson. I always forget about Grayson. God damn it, Grayson. Thank you very much for listening. You as well, sir. Thank you all. Appreciate it very much. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode, yeah? Peace out, y'all.